Did you know you can get all of our podcasts and meditations on our new podcast app? Just head over to rawattractionpodcast.com and tap the link to download on the Google Play Store or the App Store. For the world's best conscious love and sex podcasts and meditations at your fingertips, head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the app and please tell at least one friend to do the same. Thank you so much. Hello everyone and welcome to Raw Attraction Magazine Podcast. We are live here with Peter Sage. He, Peter is a well-known international serial entrepreneur who has a burning interest in everything to do with relationships and as many of us do realize that relationships are one of the most fundamental and important parts of our lives. He's certainly got many important things and views on relationships that he wants to share with us today. So, hello to Peter. How are you today? Hi, Steve. I am absolutely fabulous, uh, my friend, and, and thank you for the opportunity to come on the show. No problem. And can you just start by giving us just a bit of intro of, of what you've done and what you're doing in your life and, and what kind of leads you to talk about relationships today? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm well known as a, a serial entrepreneur, as, as a business guy. And uh, the reason that I've been very successful in, in business over the last 20, ooh, nearly 25 years now as a, a fairly active entrepreneur is because at the age of 17, when I, I, uh, just after I left school, I, I got caught up in the whole uh, industry of personal development. And for me, it was like, wow, you, you've got to be kidding. You, you mean there's an industry that teaches success? Now, where was that at school? You know, that's what I wanted to wanted to learn. You know, not not algebra. And so, as a, as a result of that, I, I my personal development journey started about uh, say a quarter of a century ago, and I became a voracious learner. And what I noticed was that the more successful that I saw people in business, generally, the worse their relationships were at home. And you know, most people were, were, were following a pattern where they were chasing significance in order to qualify in their mind for a better level of connection. And of course, it wasn't happening. You know, most people get to the top of success mountain on their own and, and realize they want to jump off. Or you know, they think that now I'm all su- successful, people will love me, and they're still as empty as they were before. So uh, if you're making $10 million a week in business, but your relationships aren't where they should or could be, then I don't care who you are, you're not happy. So really, the, the whole aspect of relationship for me uh, started to unfold in parallel with personal development because I, you know, I thought I had all this, the right stuff, but I wasn't happy and I couldn't make my relationships work, even though I was quote unquote successful or what I thought was a, you know, a good catch and all that kind of stuff. And, and really, it was a, a journey of emotional maturity for me to understand that there's so much more to relationships than you know, pretty much any other subject. And if you don't get that one right, it's kind of like health. You know, m- most people don't you know, oil the garden gate until it starts weakening. Most people take their health for granted until something goes wrong. But without health, you've got nothing. You know, but I would put relationships as a very close second to that because you could you know, apparently have everything, including health. And if your relationships or your intimate relationships aren't what they could or should be, then your level of fulfillment is nowhere near what the, you know, the potential that you know, we, we aim and strive for. So that's really what, what got me into the whole 
you know, relationship side. I'm more known as the business guy, but relationships has been a passion of mine to understand and figure out, uh, especially as it's cost me so many <laughs> yeah, amazing and beautiful women over the years uh, and so much pain. Uh, I thought, you know, if, I, if I've mastered everything else in my life, then yeah, relationships really should be the thing that I need to focus on. Great. Yeah, I mean, that's really what our magazine is about, where we want to re-educate. This is so much education that we've missed out on as just young adults, I mean, and, and children, and growing up, we have, it takes many, many years to even learn some of the lessons, and some, some people may, may never learn till late into their lives, so it's time for that re-education to start, start now. Um, for the listeners, it might be interesting just to hear... Perhaps, if, if you don't mind, some personal story in terms of where you have been with relationships. Have you been married? Do you have children? What happened in the last your What's your age now, if you mind me asking? Uh, I'm 41. Okay, so maybe you're a snapshot of the last 20 years um, of where, where you've been on your journey with relationships. Um, that's uh, that's an interesting question and, and, and quite a uh, how can I put it you know, quite quite a journey. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I I figured out early on that you know as a, as a sort of core strong masculine you know, alpha male type guy, you know I'm I certainly appreciate and adore feminine connection. And you know, from uh, from my profiling in my early days, I, I thought it was all about what most guys, I think, initially think it, it was about, certainly from, from my era, which is, you know, the, the more successful you are, the more you'll be liked, you know, the more attractive you are, or the more, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the better car you drive, the more women will want to, you know, date you, and uh, all of the fantasy bullshit that we, we tend to, to grow up with, and uh, and really it was, it was a case of, of, you know, having, being so focused on trying to achieve goals on, on business, working 130 hours a week, you know, seven days a week, uh, and just really making everything uh, about me uh, so that I could, in a sense, cover up the insecurities as a young man of not being, you know, or not feeling enough. You know, we all have the primary fear, which is the fear that we're not enough. You know, and ultimately, therefore, it leads to, to the fact that we, we, you know, we're afraid that we won't be loved. And so, you know, I don't know how many layers of the onion one needs to peel back to, to get to that truth or awareness, but it's always there. And so for me, uh, relationships was a bit of a conundrum. I mean, it was always short term. I, I was petrified of making commitments. Uh, I was somewhat shallow in terms of I'm, I'm a visual guy and I wanted good looking girls. And, you know, that, that it, was, it was quite a, yeah, a bit of a shallow how kind of um, time in my life, but which age you know, are you me, talking about? Uh, early to mid twenties. Yeah. And but for me, it was again, it was business came first. My mission came first. That that's what it was. And, and when I get to the end of that in my mind, then I'll be able to have time for this relationship thing. And, and therefore, it wasn't really that um, fulfilling on on either count. Any girl that came across my, my path, or uh, or you know, me thinking that I had a um, a relationship, and I did have a, a long-term-ish relationship from the age of sort of 23 for about six years. But you know, looking back, it was yeah, it, it was a relationship in name only. You know, I I didn't really have a a sense of how can I put it? Yeah, um, uh, completion around it. It was it, it was it was a it was a token. Yeah, you know, it, it was something that it was an accessory. 
No, I'm not talking about the lady. She was a great girl. Uh, but I'm talking about the relationship itself. And, you know, unfortunately, I think most people these days are more committed to the ship than the uh, uh, relationship than, than the, the passengers on the boat. So, yeah, from there into my late, very late 20s, I started to have a value shift. And it was quite a, quite, quite a, uh, a demarcation point in my life because I went from being far more egocentric to it all being about me to starting to understand that the true fulfillment, and especially in relationships, comes from growth and contribution. That you know, emotional maturity for men you know, begins when they, they start to understand the value in lighting up their partner. Uh, and so you know, I went through you know, my sort of you know, early 30s uh, you know, with that level of awareness and re really just, you know, I guess at that point, exploring, learning, and, uh, and get, getting it wrong enough times to try and want to get it right. <laughs> uh, and that led me up to a, a point where, you know, a few uh, you know, relationships later, uh, I, was, uh, I found myself um, living in Dubai, and I, I was living with a, a lady that I, uh, in my heart, although I'd, I'd made a commitment to, I, I wasn't happy, and I wasn't happy because um, I felt like I should be able to figure it out. And I learned a lot from that relationship. But what, what I learned was that I can only be responsible for my behavior. And, you know, if I'm being an asshole, somebody hold up a mirror, I'm happy to look. You know, I'm, I'm a, I class myself as a fairly decent, open-minded guy. Uh, you know, my, my, my values are in place. But, you know, what I can't be responsible for are other people's insecurities. And I see this a lot. You know, if, if somebody is having to be somebody else other than their genuine level of self in order to maintain a level of harmony or supposed you know, fabricated harmony in a relationship, then that has a time limit you know, on both sides. So for me, it took a huge amount of courage to, to leave that relationship. And really where it, what it came down to was uh, I went for a run one morning. I, I run on the beach in Dubai most mornings and, and it gives me time to get clarity. And I, I run in and I got this flash of, of you know, insight, this flash of clarity, crystal clear clarity about why the relationship wasn't working, why neither party was fulfilled. And I also got clarity around why yeah, it's, it, there wasn't anything that I could do about it if I was going to maintain a, a level of authenticity about being who I am. You know, I, I'm an outgoing guy. I'm a, you know, I, I'm a uh, uh, somewhat of an extrovert. And, you know, if, if, I'm in, a, in an elevator with five people, then you know, I'm going to start a conversation. And that, whether that's with five models or five football players, it doesn't matter. That's just a natural way of who I am. But if somebody else has insecurities around that, you know, that their first boyfriend cheated on them or their dad you know, you know, cheated on their mom and, and they're carrying their model of the world, interpreting their beliefs on that, then that's, yeah, that, that's their deal. And as much as one can give lovers a reassurance and as much as one can look at, say, at one's own blind spots, because as long as you're not doing anything overtly um, outside of your values to trigger that, then you know, that's, you know, I, I would put that down to the fact that's, that's a, just a, a compatibility issue on where people are at emotionally in terms of maturity. So I, I went back uh, and I journaled and I, I journaled for, for an hour. And what came through me, because I journaled quite a lot, was such a, a distinct clarity of truth, because I'm sure there's people listening here who are either in relationships and unhappy or, or planning their escape, 
or trying to make a relationship that's gone stale even you know, uh, back, back on the, the sparkling fairy dust that they want and know is, uh, is possible. But I, you can be way too close to, to the trees to see the woods sometimes. And I, I, I read this, this journal entry that I wrote and it was so slap in your face, you know, stark truth outside of the perspective of being too close to see it, that I thought I have to come back and read this every day for the next seven days from a different place from a place of anger, from a place of love, from a place of frustration, from a place of apathy. And, and if every single time it still reeks of truth, then I know exactly what to do. And what made it hard for me at the time, Steve, was this, that uh, my mother, this is, I mean, four years ago, but my mother was uh, dying of cancer at the time. And, you know, my father had recently passed away. I don't have any brothers or sisters. You know, I've got no close family. You know, my mom was my last living close relative. And, you know, she was happy because her boy was getting married and I had to make a decision as to whether I was going to go and tell mum at a time when she, you know, she was more or less on her deathbed that, you know, I was calling it off. Because after a week of, of reading that and it saying it was true, you know, I was, I, I came to the conclusion that, you know, what am I here, what, what, what am I doing, what, what am I, why am I here? Neither party is happy and, you know, trying to fix it even with the tools that we had wasn't going to work. So uh, I, uh, it took a lot of courage and I remember I flew to England and I went to see my mum and, and I turned around and I said, Mum, you know, I've got to, got to be honest with you and you know, this decision's been cutting me up to tell you but I've just got to be honest, I can't lie. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm single. <laughs> and she looked me in the eyes as only a mother can and, and says, hmm, I knew she wasn't the one. <laughs> and, and what was what was tough about that my mum passed away about a week later and the hardest thing at that time was for me to prevent my my then ex-fiance from coming to the funeral because i knew that i was so craving love i was so craving having just lost you know my, my mum and and had no no other family there was no one else to support that i would have i, I would have reconnected for the wrong reasons if that makes sense and it was, it was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever done because obviously my, my ex-fiance, she was, you know, she loved my mum and, and you know, I, I, I said, look, I, I can't let you fly back from Dubai for the funeral because I, I knew that it's just taken a huge amount of courage to, to leave the relationship for the right reasons. But I would have connected in a heartbeat. I'd have connected with anything at that point. I was so desperately craving love and connection and there was such a gap. But what, what happened there, Mark, so I made a decision at the time that... You know, I, I believe that one of the biggest challenges with relationships is that m most people get involved with them for the wrong reasons. People get involved because they're lonely. You know, people get involved out of convenience. People get involved because they're egocentric and they're looking to get something out of it. Many different reasons. But uh, for me, if I, you know, my identity at that time, and you know, I, I class identity as one of the strongest you know, uh, governors of your behavior. You know, vegetarians don't eat meat not because they've got different teeth, it's because their identity is that of a vegetarian. You know, who you become or anything you attach the words I am to become a huge part of your personality and control a lot of your unconscious behavior as those habits ingrained. So for me to, to have the identity for the first time in my life, essentially, of being alone with no family, uh, that, was, that was a big wound. And I knew that if I had a relationship at that point, I would be having a relationship for the wrong reasons. 
So when I went back to Dubai, I made a conscious choice that I was going to be single for at least as long as it took for me to be comfortable with the identity of being alone. And that was tough because, of, of course, you know, I've, I've, you know, I, I was craving some level of, of connection. But I also knew that if I was to put a relationship on that foundation, it wouldn't be fair to me. And it certainly wouldn't be fair to the lady that, that came on board thinking that this was yeah, something that had a, a future on the right foundation. So I chose to be single for, for about, uh, it turned out to be uh, almost two years until I was ready to say, you know something, now that I'm comfortable with the identity of being alone, then I'm free to go and choose somebody I can spend my, my, my life with. And ironically, not, not long after that, uh, I met you know, the woman of my dreams. Uh, we've been together ever, ever since. You know, we, we live together now in Dubai. Uh, she moved in about a year ago, and I, I'm exceptionally happy. And I'm so pleased I not only waited and had the, you know, the, 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 uh, the presence of mind to, to, to walk my talk and, and go through that level of emotional pain to have the right foundation on which to build a relationship now, but also that you know, I've learned a lot of lessons over the last 10, 15 years that I can bring to the table from a complete perspective. I mean, of course, we're always learning. And of course, guys listening, you're never going to figure a woman out. Yeah, not, not completely. That's, that's just part of the game. Accept it. You know, their base is too large. You know, and, and if we're okay to live in the space of the question and be okay with that and just walk our truth and, and, be, as, yeah, and be as present as we can, then you know, you're already ahead of the game. But that brings me kind of up to, to present day and, and yeah, where I am now, as I say, very, uh, very happily um, yeah, with, uh, with, with a woman that um, hopefully I can spend the rest of my life with. That's great. That's a great story. Um, I want to know, for, um, for the listeners, I think it would be interesting to know, how did you get to that place of strength and such self-awareness to be able to say no this this a relationship now is definitely not right for me what f for the people listening what can people do to get to that place of realization it, it, it's it's a couple of things and firstly it's about walking your talk you know it's everybody talks a good talk and you know i teach you know, relationship uh, um, uh, awareness and mentality and strategy and and I knew, I, I knew for a fact that you know, if I was going to go and get a relationship now, as much as it would fill a huge gap in my life, it would be for the wrong reasons. You know, the strongest trees grow in the strongest winds. If I couldn't walk my talk at that point, I have absolutely no right to, to present myself as any kind of authority on the subject. So you know, part of it is being true to your values. Uh, another part is, is having clarity around what it is you want. There's so much in relationships today whereby we are conditioned for instant gratification. You know, it's, in other words, it's a very egocentric model. You know, we, we end up with a, uh, a relationship that we think serves us. And, and you know, we're, we're in a horse trade, essentially. I'll, I'll, I'll make you feel happy if you make me feel happy. And here are my terms. And so, you know, without getting you know, too deep into to different levels of, of consciousness around that uh, right now, uh, for, for me, uh, it was a it was a self realization that you know okay here's a storm what am I going to do am I going to cave in am, am I going to yeah give in to the emotional gratification of of wanting connection uh, or am I going to yeah hold myself strong here go through the pain uh, accept the fact that this is part of the journey and hopefully come out of the the, the other side of the tunnel. Uh, stronger, wiser, more mature, and a better person for the lady I'll eventually be with. Mm. 
I think clarity is one of the biggest points that you mentioned there because it's the clarity that you've obviously got in your in your business world and your business mind that you've created all the things that you created and I know you're doing some great things for to do with space energy at the moment which we might mention at the end um, so I take that clarity of what you want into your relationships is just as important and many guys and possibly many women just don't take the same kind of clarity from what what they want in their career to uh, what they want in in their relationships and some don't even have it in their career to be honest but I would say many yeah many um, so how how might we all get more clear and clarity of what we want is it about stepping away from fear is that one of the main things uh, that's all, that's always a component but yeah let, let, let's drill a little deeper than that you know mo most people never take the time to to unplug to go away you know quiet the mind and have an honest conversation with themselves to a point where they're not afraid of the answers the challenge is you know when even if we admit something to ourselves you know it's almost like somebody else heard it <laughs> you know we, we, we tend to to be the biggest um, self-justifier of actions that will lead us to emotional satisfaction or instant gratification rather than saying no something no you know, I, I'm a great believer that you know, the the unchallenged person remains juvenile and there's way too many adolescent relationships out there right now you know and I'm talking about people in their 20s 30s 40s and 50s you know that they're either running the same patterns, attracting the same kind of guys or girls, and and then uh, and then looking hopelessly at life, thinking, you know, why does this always happen? And there's a there's a good old phrase that says, you know, if, if everybody you meet is an asshole, maybe it isn't them. Uh, and so, you know, and, and sometimes we have to literally sit in the mirror and say, okay, who do I need to become in order to attract the person that would most want to be with me? And that's not a conversation most people have with themselves from a place of honesty. Uh, it's a place of, okay, here's what's wrong with this person. If only they were like that, then we'd be happy. Oh, if only you know, he didn't do this, then I'd be okay. And all that kind of stuff. Now, you know, it starts with us. Sit in front of the mirror. Go away. You know, we're talking about a relationship that the most fundamental uh, thing that you do next to breathing is you know, who you spend your life with. And yeah, that's the biggest determiner of happiness outside of your thoughts. So if you have a, a situation where you're not willing to give quality time to preparing yourself from a place of honest inquiry to have the relationship that you say you want, or even question yourself on what it is you want and why, are you still trying to you know, uh, attract somebody that is a replacement for your father? Yeah, uh, as, as many women do, uh, you know, are you still trying to justify to your, 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 your mother why you should never rely on a man and therefore you've not attracted a decent one because you're too busy trying to be one? Uh, are you, you know, uh, treating girls like you saw your dad treat them and therefore you have no sense of respect? Or you saw your dad abuse your, your, your mum and therefore you swung the other side and therefore you're so nice now, you attract a lot of roommates but no one who's passionately, you know, uh, looking at you like you're their king.
And so, you know, it, it, it starts with an honest level of self-inquiry as to where you're at and then, you know, what is it that you want? And then who do you need to become in order to attract the kind of person that you want? And if that's not worth spending time on, then most of us will get what we get and then start bitching and complaining about it. Mm. But is it really as simple as just having a conversation with yourself? Because have you ever, <laughs> have you ever had a conversation? That isn't simple. Yeah, the, the, the honesty factor here and asking the right questions and having the humility to get out of your own ego is where the emotional maturity lies. Yeah, that's what prevents it. To, to have the presence of mind to unplug from the day-to-day -day distractions that are so conditioned in 21st century society that we can't even yeah, hold silence for ourselves for longer than a minute without getting distracted. You know, so to have a, a level of groundedness that we, just, we strive to be uh, or strive to have that would allow us to have that conversation. It's not a case of sitting there running the same patterns. You know, Einstein said you, you can't solve a problem at the same level of thinking that created the problem. And most people are creating the same relationship over and over again you know, with different people. And that's not about trying to find somebody different. That will never happen. It's about changing or raising your level of consciousness. And that comes through honest self-inquiry and the intention to become more than you currently are and the willingness to own your own shit rather than blame everybody else for it. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's certainly not, like you mentioned just then, it's certainly not simple to come, up, come out of the distractions and the way of life that we live currently to find the space for ourselves and really go deep because... You, we wouldn't see half, probably 99% of the suffering in the world if we all went much deeper inside and actually looked at what's going on with humanity at large and within ourselves because we are we are all a reflection of humanity and, and unless we all start to change our consciousness, we will, it's not going to be good. So to find that space for ourselves is incredibly important. So it might be worth saying to listeners, perhaps how how what other ways we can go deeper into ourselves. You mentioned you you did a journal as well. Is there is there anything else you recommend? Well, again, there's, there's a distinction I'll make here between you know uh, activities and techniques versus shifting the level of thinking. And you know, I can put it the the, the, the willingness to give up the need to be right is, you know, will get you far closer to being the person you want to be to attract a, a, a high-level partner than it would journaling thoughts at the same level of consciousness of, uh, uh, around you know, blaming everybody else for, you, for your stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, you know, so, I mean, uh, every, uh, and I'm not saying that people here, you've got to become a, a, a saint or a monk or anything, anything daft like that. I mean, this is 21st century life. We've all got mortgages to pay. We've all got, you know, lives to live and, and you have emails to reply to. You've got to combine a level of practicality with the spiritual, you know, quest. So, but it starts with the intention. Do I intend to make it a priority to understand the opposite sex better than I have done? Is it an intention for me to, to try and start giving up the need for significance and replace it with a focus on how I can put a smile on somebody else's face, not because it makes me score brownie points, but because it's the right thing to do? You know, you're the kind of person that picks up litter in the park when nobody's looking. 
Yeah, there's there's a different way of being able to to approach and interact with with life that'll allow you to to grow and mature emotionally and spiritually into a person who will naturally attract somebody into their life that would be at a similar level. And yeah, and yeah, what can you do? <laughs> Look for role models. Yeah, read the the, the the lives of people who you you. Uh, you'd be happy to follow in the footsteps of it as, a, as an example, not a warning. Mm-hmm. Take, take time out. Yeah? There's, you know, how much time a week do you invest in yourself versus running around on patterns of, uh, of ego, trying to prove something to the world, trying to get approval, trying to win favor, trying to demonstrate you're better than everybody else, trying to win love, trying to you know, fill in the blank. So, you know, for somebody to turn around and say, you know something, this week I'm just going to make it a goal to appreciate people more. I'm going to make it a goal to be more grateful for the things I already have rather than complain about what I don't. Yeah, you know, this week I'm actually going to try on the, 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 the cloak of humility. Even if it's for an hour, what would that look like? And start building up. It, you know, it doesn't have to be sitting on a mountain for 20 years. But I guarantee you, if you aren't consciously seeking to raise your game, when it comes down to being a better person, and a better person isn't the actions, it's the consciousness. Yeah, everybody can act in a, in a way that's nice, but if you're doing it under the guise of trying to get something for it, if you're doing it under the guise of seducing yourself into thinking there's a hidden agenda that yeah, somebody then should reciprocate on, then yeah, it's, it's the same car with a different coat of paint. What we're talking about here is changing the engine. From the outside, it still looks the same, but it's a completely different drive. So, yeah, there are many different things. I don't want to turn this into too much of a, uh, a, a sort of spiritual conversation, but most people are so unhappy with their relationships and so willing to blame others for it that we never take the time to sit and look in the mirror and say, you know something? Yeah, maybe it's not them. Maybe, uh, and like in my previous relationship I mentioned, as long as I was certain that what I was doing was in alignment and accordance with the values that I had at the time, and the reason I was unhappy is that I was being... Yeah, squeezed into a smaller and smaller level of box so that I wouldn't trigger the insecurities of somebody else, then yeah, I can sit for what it is and you know, it's this relationship is not going to serve me and it's not going to serve them. It's time to move on. Mm. Well, I think your point there about giving up the idea uh, to be always right is incredibly important for people to take note on. And one important takeaway from this conversation, I think also to do with stuff you said there is the, the attachment to ego especially for guys and guys teen guys to 20s 30s is the attachment to beauty and our, our relationship to what beauty is in a woman and how we're con- conditioned with, to some respect obviously I think even babies have been shown what beauty is in, uh, in photographs and stuff and scientific experiments in terms of what we find attractive, but on a grander note, I think we have to look at our relationship to beauty as men and uh, our connection to love through the physical aspect of a woman. How might we look at that as a as a um, way to change the way we are, we are in relationships with women? Uh, it's you're opening up an entire. Um... You know, I won't say can of worms here, but an entire corridor of, of many other doors. And 
and yeah, I don't know how much time we've got for, for the interview, but you know, from, from my side, yeah, yeah there's, there's so many different angles there. You know, uh, yes, we all find uh, attractive what we find attractive. You know, for the insecurities of the issues here, uh, more than anything, you know, women feel less than because they're not on the, you know, looking like the same as the, the cover of Cosmo, or you know, the guys feel that you know, uh, women that uh, are uh, of a certain you know, physical type are you know, um, you know, better women than, than those that aren't, or, or worth more attention. Yeah, that, that, that's a whole 21st century manufactured level of bullshit. You know, we can't help what we like. You know, that's, you know, that's a given. And, uh, and ladies listening, you know, it's, it's been proven several times. You know, if a guy looks at a female form that he finds attractive, it has the same biochemical effect as taking blood pressure tablets to reduce his blood pressure. Nature knows what we like. Now, how he acts on that or how he, um, what his intention behind that level of appreciation is, is a different conversation. Yeah, if, if there's a level of insecurity there that you set up the rules that says that's disrespectful and how dare you versus having an emotional mature perspective whereby you, know, you appreciate female form and say, well, actually, yeah, she's pretty attractive because you know your, your, your man is so present for you that his heart is, you know, is where you're at regardless of what he finds attractive. It's like going into an art gallery and saying, right, you're not allowed to look at these paintings because I'm jealous of them. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not planning on stealing the paintings. Yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, make your painting less than, uh, or don't appreciate your painting less less than because there's others on them. Yeah, that, but that's a whole different level of, of conversation, and we don't have a lot of time to get into the, the levels of justification on that to, to make it less contentious. So that that'll always be a um, an ongoing uh, level of cat and mouse for people who operate at a certain level of consciousness. You know, uh, I'm jealousy. Give me a break. You know. You can solve jealousy in one question if you allow yourself the, the ability to, to transcend the lower levels of thinking. Uh, and I don't want to come at this from a hierarchical perspective, that's not my intention. But you know, there, there, are, there are certain levels of thinking and consciousness that are you know, emotionally less mature than, than others, you know, they're childlike. And you, know, you come down to something like jealousy, Steve, and ask yourself the question, you know, what rights do you have, do any of us have, over who should or shouldn't love us? Mm. I personally think jealousy stems, well, one solution for jealousy is just a better brotherhood. If we, if we all connect to each other, man to man, we have better relationships with each other, then there, w there would be no jealousy. And the same for uh, and, female, female relating. Yeah, and, and uh, as a therapy, that, that's, uh, that sounds fine. But you know, to, to, to set up a, a, you know, a global brotherhood or sisterhood that has that in mind is, is not as practical as being able to turn around someone and show them the insights. To say, you know, we should never have the right over who should or shouldn't love us. And what we've been seduced into thinking over the last, you know, only very, very recent years is the fact that we have rights over other people. I have any rights over them. We're not a jailer. Anyway, if you're over 18 and it's not your parent, they don't have any rights over owning you. Mm. Case closed. Now that, that model came from a model of suppression, and most people listening here, I would invite you know, to, to look at where you know, the entire concept of marriage came from versus romantic love. You know, romantic love and marriage have never been together, apart from the last hundred or so years. 
And that, you know, most people have absolutely no clue the history of marriage. And yet you go back 5,000 years uh, from the Egyptians through to the Greek city-states 3,500 years ago and understand the whole context of marriage and how it came forward. Okay, it was hijacked by the Catholic Church as a, uh, a way to be able to uh, uh, control union over people, but it was always about politics, union. Uh, it was always about um, economic security, strategic alliances. Uh, that's what marriage was. You know, whether you liked the guy or girl, whether you didn't, had absolutely nothing to do with it until about 150 years ago when the first uh, um, marriages were based on the fact of freedom of choice after the Industrial Revolution, whereby you know, things like village security, economic stability weren't as big a factors. In fact, prior to that, you would have, you would have been committed as, as insane if you wanted to marry someone based upon what we now call romantic love. So, you know, this whole idea of, of romantic love, people just, just don't do their homework. And, you know, if we turn around and say, oh, I, I need to, no, I, I, the fact that I've signed a, a contract that makes me spend the rest of my life with you, irrespective of whether it's your truth or my truth, that isn't how to love somebody beautifully. Holding a space for somebody to honor their greatness, now, regardless of what they do, where they go, where they're at, yeah, and honor their truth. If you know, you're only you're only right in life, Steve, is to walk your truth. And if you're you're blessed enough to have somebody walk their truth alongside you, then you know it, to be humbled by that and honor that. But it may be a point in the future where that is no longer either of your truth. And to say, well, in that case, I'm going to be unhappy for the rest of my life because I signed a piece of paper 20 years ago based upon a, an institution that I really know nothing about. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that's yeah that. If you were to look at that from the outside in, it, it would be ludicrous. The, the irony is, the more you free up the ability or the need to want to own or control somebody, the more you hold a space to love them, the less likely they are to want to go anywhere else. But our mind won't tell us that if we're coming from scarcity. So, you know, what gives us the right over who should or shouldn't love us? Nothing. We shouldn't have the right over who should or shouldn't love us. We only have the right to be the best us we can be and if somebody is, you know, uh, chooses to be with us along that for those reasons, and it's right, fantastic. Right? If not, then you know, who voted on, on the fact that I should be unhappy for the next 20 years uh, and, and suppress myself rather than honor something which you know, I didn't vote on? I know we're getting into a somewhat contentious area here, but I, I, <laughs> it, it's, quite, it, it's having that level of inquiry that gives us a sense of perspective and clarity sometimes. Yeah, I think you're, well, you're obviously completely right. The way uh, society and, and religion has, has framed marriage as, as this thing we have to do. And uh, we've said, many of us have seen our parents' generation. I, I certainly saw my parents and my friends' parents just go through many divorces um, between a lot of them. And there's been really no education around what a partnership is is and like you said if we're walking our truth and there's someone walking your truth with you it doesn't that, that that truth could last a month it could last 70 years depending on what feels right to you 100 percent and the egyptians knew this you know if, if there was children involved then yeah whoever the new father or, or the new partner of the mother would come in would honor that and he'd also honor the fact that they had a different father and honor the access to that etc it was a very respectful level of society there was no jealousy, there was no, oh, I'm going to use the kids as a bargaining tool to, because I think you pissed me off because you slept with my best friend and all this low-level bullshit. Yeah, it, was, it was a case of you know, understanding that who we are today, 
are different people to who we were five years ago, and therefore we also know we're going to be different people five years from now. So how can you make a call based upon wanting to be with somebody 30 years from now when we're going to be completely different people? As I say, the only way that that tends to stack up, the only way that that tends to have a level of longevity is if you come from a place of being able to honor each other you know, and honor each other's space and, and hold that level of, uh, of respect for their humanity, not you know, suppression and ownership and rules and bullshit. Uh, chances are you wouldn't want to be with anybody else. And you've got a much higher chance of being together 30 years from now from that place than coming from a model that nobody here voted on. Nobody understands how it happened. It kind of just sort of clicks into place when you start dating somebody because there's this assumption that yeah, you now are meant to make me happy. Yeah, you're not allowed to break my rules. Uh, there's unspoken yeah, uh, um, uh, uh, dictates that yeah, if you break yeah, a non-negotiable, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all projections, all our own insecurities being brought to the table that we then project and blame other people for violating. It has nothing to do with unconditional love. It has everything to do with taking beautiful people and turning them ugly over time rather than honoring your partner and, and lighting them up and, and finding new ways to love and adore them. And if they choose 10 years from now that this relationship is no longer their truth, to celebrate that, the fact that they've, they've, yeah, that they've found that or discovered that at that time, and, and, and give them blessing to move on. Mm. Well, there is so much we could talk about and hopefully we may get a chance to do another podcast in the future. Um, I think the next question would probably be like, how do we, how do we choose who to have children with is, is one if we're so much choice out there, but um, perhaps leave that for another, another time. For those listening, how can they find out about your working relationships and, and what you're doing? You have a website, is that right? Uh, yes, actually, if, obviously I'm, I'm pretty much all over the web, but my, my own site is petersage.com and there's some, some great resources on there. In fact, there's a, there's a great uh, video talk on there on relationships that um, Glenn Moore did on, on the Sharing Your Passion series and uh, there's, there's a lot of good stuff on there which we haven't had time to, to touch on here. But uh, there's also one of my most popular downloads is on uh, my straight talk number nine on relationships. That's a two-hour talk on how to take any relationship and make it magnificent, how to, you know, if you're single, put yourself in the right place in order to attract relationships and gives insights into understanding the dynamics and differences between masculine and feminine energy in a way that hopefully allows people better insight into you know, the, the level of communication and honoring of each other's you know, styles to hopefully allow for more love rather than less. So yeah, I'm, uh, I've got a lot of yeah, free talks all over the web too. I'm, I'm, I encourage people, if, if they like some of the, the philosophy that I've got, go and look at my work. I, I've got work all over, say on business, on making money without spending money on relationships, on gratitude, leadership, many different subjects which I've, I've had the, the privilege of being able to study and, and learn and experience from uh, and make a huge amount of mistakes in over the years. And yeah, if I have the ability to share that with somebody and they get something out of it, then, then obviously I'm, I'm very grateful and humbled by that. Great. I'm sure uh, there's going to be a lot of grateful people out there in terms of what we spoke about today and uh, what they'll find from your information online. So thank you, Peter, for taking your time today. You're more than welcome, Steve. Thank you again for, for putting on this medium for people. And uh, yes, I look forward to speaking again. Did you know you can get all of our podcasts and meditations on our new podcast app? 
Just head over to rawattractionpodcast.com and tap the link to download on the Google Play Store or the App Store. For the world's best conscious love and sex podcasts and meditations at your fingertips, head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the app and please tell at least one friend to do the same. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Raw Attraction Magazine podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please share it and spread the love. Until next time, we wish you a loving, sexy, and intimate week.